catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Friday morning, April 7th. I'm Jake Reyes, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Over the past three seasons, Eastside High School football in Gainesville has won just five games. A disappointing stretch of time for athletes in the program. The school has been slept on by sports fans, but this past season, Eastside made some noise. The Rams broke out, finishing with an 8-3 record, beating teams like Gainesville High School for the first time in 13 years, and making it to the second round of the playoffs. How did they do it? Well, it was a culture shift inside the locker room, led by head coach and Eastside High School alum, Gator Hoskins. I spoke with WUFT's Trey Johnson, who has been following the story visually and turned it into a documentary for WUFT News. I mean, I was in a class called Applied Journalism, um, Advanced Journalism, one of those courses uh, for seniors excelling. And I found a story on the Eastside football team. Uh, they've been terrible for three seasons, won five games in that span. And this year, they really kind of just turned it around. But I came up on the story when they were 2-0, and and I was going off on a whim. You know, I don't know if they're going to be good or not, but I knew a win, like anything, more than two wins would be a big deal for them. So I just knew I had to be there. So you're following a football team that's has had terrible seasons for quite some times, and now they're playing good now? Yes. So when I got there, they were 2-0, and um, and I just got to experience their rise to success with them. They ended up winning eight games this season and made the playoffs and won their district. So they they really kind of turned their program and culture around, um, and I was there for all of that. Okay. And see, there's a lot of teams everywhere that go from being bad to being pretty good, you know, that turn their programs around. So what makes this program special where you decided to follow this as a story? Uh, so Eastside is on – it's kind of like the black school in town. They don't always receive positive attention. Um, so I wanted to provide an opportunity for them to, you know, get some, some shine. Um, I didn't know it was going to turn out the way it did, but I knew if something was going to happen, somebody had to be there. And I'm glad I was the person who was able to tell the story of the slept-on um, community. Got it, got it. And tell me about some of the people you talked to and are going to be in this documentary. Um, the first person, this is a main person who kind of turned everything around, is uh, head coach Gator Hoskins. Um, he's an alumni of Eastside. He came back. He decided, hey, I can't have my alma mater looking the way it does. So he came in. He kind of changed the culture, um, kind of shifted the mindset of his players and his community to, hey, we can make something out of what we have um, and be consistent in what we're doing and making a positive impact within the community. Got it. And so you said there's like a culture shift that translated into wins. What was it about the culture that was different before and what he changed now? Um, something that one of the coaches said to me in an interview was that it takes someone being from the community to know what it's like to go through what they go through. So they said the previous coach wasn't necessarily didn't grow up in the community or something like that. So what I garnered was Coach Hoskins was not only built through Eastside, but he went on to do great things and play at Marshall University and make it to the NFL. So he's got that background. So people in the community look up to him. So I think that's part of his success as well. You have mentioned that it takes someone being from the community to really understand the challenges that they have to go through to excel in this. So 
What are some of the challenges that you learned from this program that they have to face? And that could just be in the community, just living there. Just tell me a little bit about that. I think the problems are internal. Um, like the, the piece is called Slept on East Side because they have kind of been forgotten um, on that side of town. And I think when somebody tells you, like I think and hearing it from other people kind of makes it settle into maybe we're not worth anything. Um, and I think it takes somebody... Um, who's been on the other side of it to come in and be like, hey, no, we're better than what we have right here, and let me show you. And I think that's what this piece does. Did you get to speak to some of the players on the team? Yes. Only one of the player interviews made it into the piece, but I spoke to the quarterback, offensive line, a couple defensive players. What was talking to that player like? Um, talking to kids is difficult, I will say. Um, the kind of one-word answers. But as somebody who's been in their shoes – I understood where they were coming from. Um, you're kind of nervous. You don't know what to say. But you feel like what you say has value. And I wanted to try to bring that out of them. Mm, and what did you get out of them? Did you feel the dedication they had to the sport? What were some of the things that they told you? Um, so Holden Johnson is their quarterback. Um, he told me, I think I asked like a multiple, I think everybody I interviewed, I asked, what is Eastside? Like if you could give me a three-word description or a one-word description, what would you say? And he said, Eastside is love. Um, I heard family a couple times from other players. So I think they, Coach Hoskins was able to come in and bring this team together to where they've, they show pride in going to Eastside now, being a part of the football team that wasn't there before. Okay, got it. You're, you're a sports journalist. You've yes. probably covered many teams before. Is there anything that you want to say about Eastside High School that kind of stuck out to you as different? Anything that you want to add at all when it came to covering this team? So what I'll say is I think this is the first time that I've actually got to, like, spend the whole season with the team. Um, I've done beat reporting before, but as, like, a high school beat reporter, you're covering multiple schools at one time. So I, this is this was, like, a solo, exclusively on Eastside type of project, and I – there were times where I felt like they really like let me in. I became a member of their community. I remember one time I was at a practice. I was filming. They usually pray at the end of practice, so they're praying. Coaches always like touch somebody. So I'm filming. I'm just on a knee um, recording him, and one of the kids put his hand on my back, and I was like, whoa, like something just changed here. Like I'm a, I'm one of them, but I'm not one of them, but I feel like one of them. <laughs> um, so it was times like that, and then there was another time where – um, they had got wristbands for the kids, and the coach was like, hey, do you want one? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I felt like they were, they had enough respect for me doing what I was doing, and they wanted to show appreciation, and I respected that. That's a very touching, beautiful story. And so tell me a little bit about their upcoming games, upcoming challenges. So is there anything that they're looking to kind of deal with, you know, as a, as a football team? Uh, so they finished the season Eight and three, uh, second round of the playoffs. And Coach Hoskins said, hey, we're going to put our head down. We're going to go back to work. So the game plan is to stay hungry, not get complacent in this season of, hey, we did something really special. Let's not sit on our pedestal like, hey, we're number one now. Like, no, we still have work to do. I think that's where they, they go forward. So – as our listeners have the availability to watch this documentary on WUFT TV, what are they going to see as opposed to what they're hearing in this interview right now? Um, they're going to see 
the background of how we got to this point. They're going to see game footage, obviously, um, and they're going to meet get to meet a coach who really believes in the development of his players and his community and wanting to bring them all together to do something amazing and give them hope for a better tomorrow. That was Trey Johnson on how a culture shift caused Eastside High School football to make some noise after being slept on for three seasons. You can watch Slept on Eastside Friday at 9 p.m. on WUFT-TV or on our website at WUFT.org. Now, let's catch you up with today's top headlines. Florida lawmakers may replace local rental ordinances with state ones. WFSU is reporting that Senate Bill 1586 would override most aspects of the relationship between Florida landlords and tenants. It would even eliminate local ordinances such as the Tenant Bill of Rights in Miami-Dade and Hillsborough counties, replacing them with state requirements. The bill would reopen manners of issues such as fees and security deposits, the terms and conditions of rental agreements, and the screening process used by landlords to approve renters. Floridians are urged to be vigilant against wildfires with much of the state dry or near a drought. According to WUSF, we are now at the peak of wildfire season. Florida Forest Service Director Rick Dolan says there have been more than 1,000 fires that have covered more than 35,000 acres of land in the state of Florida this year. These totals include state, private, and federal lands. Dolan encourages Florida residents to visit the Florida Department of Agriculture's website to learn more about how they can prevent wildfires. A University of Miami study shows that a pregnant mother with COVID-19 can pass the virus along to the fetus, causing brain damage. Florida Politics reports that U-Health discovered two cases of mothers contracting the virus in their second trimester, with the infection bridging the placenta. Both infants were born with small head sizes, developmental delays, and experienced seizures. One died after 13 months. However, the authors of the study stress that the two cases are rare occurrences, noting hundreds of pregnant women UM clinicians have seen with COVID-19 positivity went on to have healthy births. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Jake Reyes, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great weekend.